Welcome to episode 15 of Keeping It A Hundo. Today's guest is Jimmy Banos Jr. He's the owner and executive chef of The Purple Pig. It's a restaurant located on Michigan Ave, right in the heart of Chicago. He's a James Beard award-winning chef. He was named Rising Star Chef of the Year in 2014, and he was named one of People Magazine's sexiest chefs in the United States. In June, he's opening Piggy Smalls, a gyro concept. I love to cook. I love to eat. I love talking about food. I love grocery shopping. I love the whole process. I think it's in my blood. My grandfather had a restaurant for years outside of Boston. My parents are great cooks, but my grandmother was the best. And the first time I ever walked into the Purple Pig in 2009, it was actually the year they opened, it was love at first bite. Most of the dishes reminded me of my grandmother's cooking. And I can't give a place a, a better compliment than that. Before she passed away a few years ago, I told her the only thing I wanted from her was her recipe book. As you know, I ask all my guests what their death row meal is. And my death row meal is my grandmother's cooking. But I'm not going to get into specifics yet. I'm waiting for one of my guests to ask me. Nobody's ever asked me what mine is, so I'll wait to reveal it then. Check out uh, my, my Instagram, Hundo Eats, if you want to see what I'm eating or where I'm eating. I could talk about food all day, but this episode isn't just about food. It's about family, ambition, and doing what you love. Uh, yeah. following your passions. Jimmy opened this restaurant in 2009 when he was 25 years old. He never knew that it would grow to what it is now. That's why I'm so excited to have my first chef on the show. So let's get to it. Let's talk about some food with Jimmy Banos. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Salt and pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack Mr. Magic Molly Mall. What do you call him? Who were his big fights? Did he fight at Holyfield? Oh, Holyfield. Did he fight at Holyfield? Yeah, he fought Holyfield three times. And then, um... And he, and he won two out of three. That was his only loss of his career. Yeah. But then he had another, like, couple, um... Big guys, no? That he fought, uh... Well, when he was defending the belt, he was fighting, uh... He fought Andrew Galata, that guy mm. who punched him in the nuts a mm -hmm. bunch of times. Yeah. That was crazy. I think he fought him twice. Yeah, he, he never fought Tyson. Him and Tyson they grew never. up together. They went to the same middle school. Really? Same neighborhood. And uh, Tyson was in prison when Bo was champ. And then when he got out, Tyson was like, yeah, he's a friend of mine. I, I don't want to hurt a friend that, you know, I respect yeah, him. Yeah. And Bo said, he don't want to fight me because he, he knows I'll put and my foot in his ass. <laughs> Bo's funny, man. Uh, what's funny he doing? Guy. Is he like? Uh, kind of works at a gym, a boxing gym. He's got any money left? Nah. Sucks, he's man. struggling a little bit. Sucks. Yeah. Sucks. So, yeah, you have big shoes to fill. <laughs> Riddick Bowl last week. This week we have Jimmy Banos from the Purple Pig on Michigan Ave in Chicago. I have no agenda, Jimmy. I have no ties to the restaurant business, to the food industry. Right. I just love food. People call me a foodie. I don't think I am. I yeah. think I love food, and yep. everybody in the who doesn't love food. Exactly. And I just know a little bit about it. If if I were to say. What I am, food-wise, I'm, I'm the equivalent of like a, a street ball player in yeah. basketball. I have no formal training. Yeah. I don't know shit about the way you're supposed to do things. 
You just know what you like. I know what I like. I know how to cook. I know how to eat. My uh, my family had a restaurant. My uh, my grandfather had a restaurant. My dad uh, grew up like, there, and my grandmother. Where where where's the restaurant? Boston. Yeah, I grew up well suburbs of Boston. Which one? I grew up in the suburbs. I grew up in Beverly, Massachusetts. I've heard of that. Uh, they had a restaurant in Wakefield, Massachusetts. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I um. I heard you grew up in the restaurant, literally. Literally grew up in the restaurant. I'm fourth generation on my dad's side of the family. So my dad's side, all Greek. My mother's side's all Italian. Yeah, I saw that in the research. So food obviously is a gigantic part of the part of the fan, but. Um, so I literally, like you said, grew up in the in my dad's restaurant, which is from where we are right now. The Purple Pig is a mile, pretty much a mile away. It's called Heaven on Seven. It's, a, it's forty, almost, almost. Sorry, it's almost forty years old. Is he still working there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he was there. He was actually stopped by earlier today to listen to on the meeting, and then uh, he's still there every day. Um, when I was a little kid, I was, I would always hang out in the in the in the kitchen with my dad and my grandfather. My dad worked side by side with him and, 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 I, and my grandmother was in the front uh, it was uh, never a never an effort to get to, to, to be into it it was everything from from day one was just a very natural it was always appealing it was, all, it was a very appealing it was always a natural like progression like I always kind of just had something in me that knew that I wanted to fall into this into this business and luckily have a dad to not um, to not make any type of push. And we all know people that end up hating their dad and you know, like, oh, they forced me into this business. I hate it. Resenting the whole business. Resenting the whole deal. It was never anything more than a. This is what it is. If you do decide to do to get into it, this is this is what you will expect. So, at a very young age, I was always really equipped mentally. Which helped me, I think, when I at opening the Purple Pig, being uh, 25. What? What? 20, I don't even know 25-year-olds have any business opening up anywhere. I mean, and I, I wasn't. I wasn't an owner. I wasn't a partner. I was just a chef. It was. A, it was a. It was a chef. Op- it was an opportunity as a chef. Ah. Yeah. You didn't open this place as the owner. Uh-uh. Oh, no. I didn't know that. And uh, so, <clears throat> prior to being to coming back home, I was in New York for four years. I saw that uh, training on the Batali. Yeah, Mario Batali. Mm-hmm. So um, great, unbelievable, game-changing experience. Like just getting my getting your ass kicked every day. I mean, I could have been in friggin' Iowa City. It wouldn't have mattered because you were just so like in your own bubble. And the demands of working in a top top-tier kitchen in in New York. I mean. It, even though Batali's in a little bit of hot water right now with all that, which was really unfortunate, but I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I didn't have that time with him, working with at his a couple of his establishments. I've eaten at a couple of those. Yeah, too. I mean, he changed the game in Italian food. I mean, he yeah. completely, he completely revolutionized, and that was let's see, '98 Baba Open. He revolutionized Italian food in America and in the world. What and to me. Those Italy's. Uh, yeah, it's really like really unfortunate what has taken place, what he did. You know, like 
I really hope, and I still look up to him and is a mentor to me. A lot of these restaurateurs that have gotten in trouble in the past year with conduct that is completely unacceptable and out of line and, and should be in, should, should have the punishments that they have coming sure. to them. Consequences. Th this whole hiding thing, like just disappearing yeah, into the night. Yeah, I was going to say, it seemed like he just he well, disappeared, that's, right? Like, that's what everybody's doing now. I'm not as close to it as you are. But like, so a lot of like guys... Um, John Besh and these guys who are super yeah. respect. It's like they're just poof. There's been people that have done a lot way worse in America. Besh had a similar <laughs> scandal. Too. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah, you, you learn from your mistakes. Make a make a point and example that you've learned from your mistakes and come back. I know. <laughs> I mean, if one thing we've learned, it's America is very forgiving. A beat for you know, especially like, when people are humble. Yeah, exactly. Humbled by the mistakes. Exactly. By, yeah. You know, so. You know, I still think the world needs, you know, they said that I think it, Italian food specifically is a little bit stagnant. I agree. Right now, like, there was a huge revolution as far as, you know, like, bringing region, regional cuisine to America. But I think I, where I've eaten in the past, you know, just being around, I think it's just kind of like at a... I agree. I, when I was preparing for this conversation with you, I was thinking of my favorite restaurant tours for lack of a better term, yeah. in the U.S. Yeah. And most of them are non-Italian. And I prefer Italian food. Well, I love everything. But, right, right, right. You know, I grew up eating Italian food. I'm Italian. Right. Most of the guys are not Italian. Right. You know? Who are, so, your, who are your favorites? I love um, Jose Andres. I love what he's doing. I've eaten at probably yeah. five or six of his spots. Love he's, it. He's a cool guy. Yeah. I've, Very. I have, you know, I've met him and I've been around him. I don't know him, you know. Um, but just what he's, yeah, his... Energetic, super, you know, just what he brings to the to the industry. He was sitting yeah. in front of me at the Celtics Wizards game seven last year. Huge Washington yeah. Wizards fan. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was game seven, huge game in Boston. He had the tightest John Wall jersey on <laughs> over his chubby little frame, and he was he had it over like a dress shirt. Like he looked ter completely out of place. Looked terrible. Yeah, but yeah. the guy had so much passion for the Wizards. It was yeah. it was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. What do you think? Um, do the series? They, they didn't they beat, they won game one, right? They beat the Sixers. Yeah. Celtics, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Celtics are looking great. The, they're they're the team of the day. They, they will be the face of the East. Yeah, Celtics and Sixers are going to be a nice rivalry going forward. But uh, I mean, we're missing like three of our best players right it's now. Insane. We still Dude, beat Danny them, so. Ainge is a genius. They have no bad He's, contracts. The coach is a genius. Yep. And you could actually say for the first time now, I was listening to Coward. Uh, I love his show. Yep. And he's like, today, right now, is the first time in over a decade where you could say in the East, like, if LeBron happened to go down, he's like, I'm still watching the East play basketball. He's like, prior to that, he's like, I'm watching Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> so now there's that, you know, some yep. of the young, good young talent yeah. in Boston and yeah. Philly specifically. It's exciting. Hopefully, hopefully it carries some someday to the Bulls. Yeah. But they're in they're in a tough spot. Right dude, now. dude. You grew up a Bulls fan. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It um just like anything else, but I mean like you're being from being from Boston, anything else, it's all any organization, any sport sports or this any any industry, it all starts all a top down effect, man. Bulls have not good leadership from the top, and they they're not good. Exactly. You have to you have to like establish a culture. Yeah. I think that works in in restaurants too. From the top down, you have to have a certain type of culture right. where everyone believes in it, everybody trusts it. And speaking of that, 
You're executive chef and owner of this place. Yeah. How often are you in the kitchen? Are every you day. Cooking every day. Every day. Now, are you in the kitchen too much to not be able to direct? Or are you direct? Because you're a player. You know yeah. what I mean? Sometimes when you're on the field, it's right. tough to coach. Right, right, right. So every day, every day is. Sorry, man. This, this is real, right? We're right. Uh, every day, every single day in the kitchen, when it comes to ser- when it comes to service, um, expediting. So I'm not actually working a station. In, like it, it just doesn't doesn't work like right. that. Um, really determining the flow and the standards and everything. And it's funny that you mentioned that because we're at like I've been doing this, been doing that for for eight and a half years. What, cooking in the kitchen every day. Well, here, here, yeah, with with the beginning state, like just the same structure day in day out at the Purple Pig. I was saw my this, my sommelier sports guy like he grew up playing sports I'm like dude I, I can't be the right guard on the team anymore man he's like I need with all the ideas I have and all the things that we want to do in order to keep the mothership at the standards that it's at which is continuously evolving every day I got to be Erlacher man I got to be I got to be sideline to sideline yeah. I got to be able to move and move and move because I'm the one, and it, we have a lot of moving parts here, and a lot of, we believe it, this place, we have over 100 employees. It's a lot of, at the Purple Pig? Yeah, just wow. at the Pig. This is the this is the place of where anything is possible. We have a really small space, the smallest kitchen you could possibly ask for. We don't cook on any gas, everything's all in electric, because the building is, holds only electric. Basically, let's put it this way, a lot of like, I've had, you know, really high-known, chef, well-known chefs come in and be like, hey, I'm bringing my guys in here, my crew, to to show them, stop fucking complaining. <laughs> stop complaining. You don't have it that bad. So, I've always had this never, 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 never quit mentality. That was instilled for me at a very young age. Be prepared to eat a shit sandwich every day? Every day. I read that. Every that day. was your father's quote yeah. that he told you to live like, sometimes you're gonna have to do it. Yeah. You know, and this 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 game and this is life, man. You gotta This is the worst business, this is the worst industry in the in, probably in America or in the world. It's the worst. There's it, like for for the physical and mental demands, the sh- little shred of profit margins that we have yep. that you have to make work. You have to be you you have to be wired at a whole whole other level which usually I mean which also means that you really love it that much too because after all that if you have if somebody's putting a piece of paper in front of you and saying like this is what you're gonna have to deal with every day like all these most of them are negative things after all that you can still with a straight face be like yep let's go to work man let's do it like let's cook some food so with that said what's your favorite part about the business um, to have one thing to be the, my favorite part, it's really hard to answer. Right now, it is the creative process. Is really like coming up with. I mean, it's, again, it's the simple thing. It's coming up with a new dish. It's seeing goals that you have, or, or ha- ha- telling my. Here, there's Alan right there. Like, all right, dude. Like, we only have this much space, and our past sommelier wasn't drinking the Kool Aid. I want, we have one of the best wine lists in the city, but 
I want a thousand different selections on our wine list. And then look at you like, well, that's not possible. I said, yeah, it is possible. We're going to make it happen. And then when you see the results, you see the work, the work, it's getting people not to be scared of the work process. And then when you, when you, when you do it, you get the results and then you're just like, yes. And then, they, then it becomes contagious. One of the other major things that is a, that I really truly love about the business is is we have the best the best clientele ever. Local tourism, like American tourism, and then at an international level. I'm sure you guys do great with tourism because of your location. Right. I've been a regular here since when you guys open 09. Oh, 10. At the ten. end of 09, going into 10. I've been coming since 10. Which is insane. That's and crazy. I, I've only lived here for four months. Right. But I've been a regular here since 2010. Because I used to stay at the well, W thank up you. the street. Yep, yep. And this is where I would come. Every time I come to town, I right. come here. Right. And now I live here. And it's one of my favorite places. I Favorite restaurants in the world. I appreciate it. And I've, I travel a lot. I appreciate it. Um, when I ate here the first time, it reminded me of my grandmother's cooking. Okay. And that's the best compliment I can give right. to any restaurant right. Absolutely. in the world. That's why I loved it here. The dishes reminded me of my grandmother's cooking, but I also liked that you guys had all types of Mediterranean food. You had, you know, Spanish and Greek and mm -hmm. Italian all mixed. Yeah. Little did I know you were Greek and Italian. Right. I didn't know that. I thought you were Greek. Right. I heard, you know, it was a Greek family-owned restaurant. Yeah. And I brought my my Greek friends here from Boston. It was, it was my friend Yanni the Handyman and his father, Tomas. Rest in peace, Tomas. I brought them here. We had we had the Greeks. We had me. We had my friend Courtney, right. black guy from the west side of Chicago. Okay. And my friend Caesar, yeah. a Mexican guy from the south side of Chicago. Right. We had the, the five of us, five or six of us. Yeah. And everybody loved it. That's, and uh, you know this, that's I, the type of place this is. I appreciate it. It's it's it, you you just summed it up. You can't. It, it's got to to create an environment where there's there's literally something for everybody, and that it translates to everybody, everybody all over the world, every other country. It's accessible to everybody. We have a lot of connections in the industry of like the best being equated to you know spending a thousand bucks a couple. I, I, it's not something I I really want to be a part of. You know, I don't. I don't believe that it, sh it should be like that. It's more harder for us because we have more people coming through the door, but we still. You turn a little more over though here. Yeah. You know, you yeah. guys get them in and get them out. And people come and go and leave. And eat sometimes eat fast. We have people eat, sit there for five hours. There's never any. There's never like that, which is the biggest pet peeve of all. Is when you're sitting there and you you feel that 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 server wants you to leave. Right. So nothing more more irritating, man. Ever. I've come here with luggage before and <laughs> sat in the corner we and nobody care. bothers me charging my phone, yeah. order a couple dishes, yeah. We don't, you know, so we're we're definitely in our own category as far as combining those worlds and risk-taking. And for, for the time you've been coming here since we opened, the style, like some of the cuts and things that we were serving, you know, my, my father, who was completely at 100% confidence in me, uh, Tony Montuano was... Uh, uh, Chef at uh, you know, he was. They have been. In the, they have been in this game for a long time. And Michigan Avenue has never been, you know, historically something that like you're going to get creative food or like off. You know, there still isn't much creative food. No, here. between you and Spiaggia, no, there, there there's really nothing isn't. in between. No, not a lot. And 
Like, yeah, I don't think people are going to really want to, you know, like, bone marrow and pig's ears, like, people are not going to want to do it, you know? There was something inside of me, like, A, it was, a, it was always a motivation to be like, it's going to happen, we're going to make it work. And B, I guess, you know, being young and, like, you're not worried about, you're, you're, you're nervous, but you're not really worried about failure. You're just like, you know, I'm going to do it, we're going to make it work, we're going to make it work. And then just like that, right off the bat, it was to hit. The interesting route that we've taken is by almost being a decade old, by not, we haven't done, I haven't done anything. We haven't done any other projects. I've had like small like consulting things with like Soldier Field and Northwestern University yeah. and like stuff that I've learned a lot in. I'm doing my first other project in June, which is the Euroshop, Piggy Small. Yeah. And I really feel strongly I feel good about the direction and the route that we've taken because if we would have opened up another place three years ago I would have been screwed right I think figured you, it out you took you you, you took enough time establishing this you place to this whole misconception of being open for for six months and then like all right let's go let's do another one you had your place the, the place hasn't even reached full potential I see these lists of uh, fastest growing restaurants in the country, and I was going to invest in one of them, uh, Blaze Pizza. Mm -hmm. I was going to invest in one of those. Yeah. And myself and my friend Yanni, great yeah. guy who yeah. I mentioned before, we were all ready to go. Talked to a couple people that are in the same uh, entrepreneurs that invest in yeah. restaurants and whatnot, and they said, fastest growing, that doesn't mean it. Like, it could mean something. It could. But it doesn't, yeah. you know, by definition mean no. anything. Because if they're just opening restaurants, I mean, how are their sales? Uh, you know, well, are they going to be able to keep it up once they spread thin? You know, it's all about execution, man. Yeah. I mean, if you're if fastest growing is great if you're, unless you're growing too fast. Right. <laughs> exactly. And I think you're a good uh, example of staying away from that and establishing a strong foundation first. So Piggy Smalls. Yeah. I want to talk to you about like Greek fast food. Yep. In Boston. It exists. Suburbs. Yeah. So we have roast beef joints. Yeah. That doesn't exist anywhere in the country. As roast far as beef. I know. We have roast beef joints, all Greek owned. We it's have, fast food. Well, we have Italian beef joints. Different. You know, you've had Italian beef, sure. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Portillo's and Al's and all that stuff. Johnny's. Johnny's is the best? Johnny's in Elmwood Park, man. Okay. Next time you're number one. All right. Uh, number one. Me. I'm writing down <laughs> all your recommendations. Um, so this is a thing that people outside of the Boston area aren't familiar with. We have roast beef places. They have warm roast beef sandwiches on like bun, like okay. like a hamburger bun. Yeah. And it has uh, a barbecue sauce. It has cheese, some of mayo, and you really? get like onion rings with it. It's, it's fast Never food. Heard it's, of it. it's a fast food staple in the Boston area. They stay open all night. All Greek, usually Greeks on it. All Greek owned. What? All where Greek where did it start? Where? No idea. Yeah. No, like. I don't even think people at home realize that that's like a novel concept. Like nobody does. I've never seen it anywhere in the country. No. And yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah, give me a place. I and it's really good. Yeah. yeah. I'll I'll look it up. I want to see. That's cool. What's your favorite? What's what's like the best one? There's a place called Nick's in Beverly where I grew up. Uh, Bill and Bob's was a big chain. They had a few of those. Bill and Bob's was a spot. And there's it. This so every town has one or two or three of them. I see. See. I learn something new every day. Lodge beef cheese sauce, like you get, like there's like an order, like you just. <laughs> they have they have pizza rolls, they have baklava, 
yeah. it's, it's all Greek stuff. You have yeah. milkshakes. Yeah. You know, but it's it's a it's a fast food. And I, I was because the first thing you said, I'm thinking of Italian beef sandwich, yeah. like, which is F, definitely a own Chicago thing. Yeah. People in Boston don't know what yeah. Italian beef is. Right. That's really cool. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah. But the the so so yeah so what I was gonna say was is Greek fast food is kind of always been a sloppy kind of not that healthy type of thing because right. if you go over to like Greek town in Chicago or yeah. that type of area you're not gonna get a healthy hero no you know no, it's that, that's a different thing the whole misconception of what a hero is I mean when you go to a fast food place and you have hero that isn't what a hero is in Greece right. I've been to Greece, Greece and the food yeah. is very healthy over there. Right, but then you've seen that when they cut the euro. So it stacks of meat just like a uh, pastor taco or shawarma. Right. It's the same process. And everybody always thinks that euro is lamb. In Greece, no lamb. Not No lamb with the euro. It's usually just pork or chicken. Right. And that's the that's the... the Kind of the direction we're going in, we're also going to serve beef, but not on a euro, just like a souvlaki or like a. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But you're doing pork and chicken on the spit. Yep. So pork shoulders sliced, brine marinated, bum bum bum, stack. Chickens, we're going to take just deboning whole chickens, stacking them. But we're doing this style of food isn't like people in in the US are doing this now. This isn't some new thing. There's there's little small pockets over like the East Coast that have, you know, 10, 11 places of like, you know, proper Euro, okay? But we're doing, well in my mind anyway, we're doing something that's a little bit more unique as to how, we, how we're operating. So like say, say for example, you're gonna have the, the, the Euro on the spit. Customers are gonna be able to see it cooking, but we will not be cutting from that at all. It's cooking there yeah. what we're gonna do is take it to about a hundred you know 110 120 degrees take it off wrap it really tight in plastic and then finish it like in a combi oven so the combination cooking so it's steam and heat so it locks it in really really super super moist heat and it keeps it it doesn't dry out at all so what we're gonna do then is cool it down overnight so it literally like fuses back together, gets that all the flavors stay in really nice. Slice it the next, slice it the next day, and then that's you grill on the flat top and put it in your euro. Can't wait. Flavors better. You said June, June twentieth. Okay. Flavors better, textures better. The whole everything is way better. Because sometimes when you're cutting it, I feel like human error. You, you get you know does somebody know if it's just right is it going to be dry is it so this is like essentially like the whole thing is perfectly tender awesome meat and then again based on health we are, we're going to do the choice of three proteins with a great greek salad or an ancient grain bowl and then yeah, i'm sure you've had greek fries before right so instead of doing like the old classic you know, feta cheese and fries and like lemon juice, which ends up, which is delicious, but it ends up making the potatoes soggy. Yeah. So what we do is when the fries come out, we hit them with uh, feta cheese powder and lemon powder. Okay, so they don't get soggy. So, so it doesn't soggy, you get the same flavor. Yeah, yeah. And then you, we dip it in our tzatziki sauce. Okay. Dude, like addictive as can be. So is it true your wife came up with the name? Oh, yeah. I love it. Yep. Great name. She, uh, 100% credit. 
for coming up with that name. It was super catchy. I wanted it to be a, like just a random name, not it didn't have to be a Greek name. I, you know, I wanted something that everybody could could really kind of recognize and and, and, and relate to. You know, yeah, millennials will eat yeah, Piggy Smalls. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. The branding. <laughs> so let's talk. Uh, let's talk TV. The whole idea of the celebrity chef and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you been asked to be on Top Chef ever? Yes. I figured they had to have asked you yep. at some point. Okay. Don't have any desire to do it. You don't have the time to get it. You don't want. You just don't want to do it. There's no. It's a great show. Um, I love it. I love it. At the stage I'm at, the risk reward factor just isn't even. I was gonna say like you don't. I think it's a great launching off point for a lot yeah. of these people. Right. You don't need that. No. No, it didn't it, I just didn't. It, the timing wasn't. You know, if I would have got called before I was doing the Purple Pig, right? Like I don't. Sure, let's do it. You right. know? But being gone, as long, I just couldn't do it. But great show. You know, TV. I've, I've had a great amount of, you know, pretty good amount of experience doing that stuff. Like it's one of those situations where like I'm not searching for those opportunities, but if they come, if they come. Great. If it works out, it works out. If not, not. You know, at the end of the day, it's, the restaurant is what pays the bills, man. So I gotta, I gotta be focused on that. You know? Absolutely. Uh, did you see? Speaking of celebrity chefs, and another guy. When I brought up Jose Andres, another guy's concept and food I like is David Chang. Yeah, he's he's awesome. You seen Ugly Delicious? Yeah, great show. That show was great. Great show. I just like the whole concept of like what is authenticity and you know. Importing ingredients as opposed to cooking what's yep. local. Yeah, like that. I, I only, I've seen a couple. I, I I started watching the episode, then I like had I just based on having two little kids at home. Yeah, and not, yeah. I put it as a high priority. It's, it's the both episodes I saw were which ones did you see? I pizza, saw, pizza. Yeah, which was phenomenal. Yeah, it really put it in perspective of, about like. What Americans have done to pizza, right? Our perception, and that everything does not need to be revolved around Neapolitan pizza, like this whole like strict. Because I, I've always, I've been saying it for years, like I love Neapolitan dough, but it's not. I don't. I don't. It's not what I want to eat all the time. I know not what I know time. what style. I love it, right? But I know what style of crust that I I love. That if I, if I had made an ideal pie, I know what I, I want would want to make it. My biggest fight between me and my girlfriend is about pizza. We've gotten probably like 15 to 20 like pizza fights. <laughs> she calls me a pizza snob. Yeah. Be- Sorry. Suspect. Yeah. Been all, all day, man. All day. Man. Jesus. Just, hope it's not shooting. Yeah. So when the warm weather comes, that's yeah. what happens. That's all. So, yeah, my girlfriend calls me a pizza snob. Because I'm always like, I'm not eating. I don't like deep dish, number one. Don't like it either. I'm not a deep dish guy. I don't eat any of the fast food pizza joints. I mean, I would eat Blaze is probably the closest, which made, which is why I wanted to invest in it. Right. It just seems like a pretty cool concept. The pizza's decent. But I think as far as authenticity goes, America's done a great job with pizza. Italian-American pizza. It's taken it to a whole other level. Yeah. A whole other level of what there are interpretation of pizzas. It's amazing. The best part about that that damn episode was the fact that Chang is, loves Domino's pizza. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. I love it because because I related because even as a kid on Saturday like Saturday nights as a kid, my parents would because again the the restaurant business literally every Saturday night because Heaven on Seven back back then was only open for breakfast and lunch Monday through Saturday. 
was Saturday nights because my mom was literally, if it wasn't for that, my mom would have completely lost her mind. So they were out every Saturday night. So whoever was babysitting us or whatever, we'd always order Domino's. But we'd completely doctor it up. So it was Domino's, thin crust, had to be thin crust, extra well done. And then we used to put hot sauce, Paul Perdome's pizza magic. Oh, dude. And then so now like it's lemon, almost lemon. It's almost not pizza. It's all, yeah, but it, but, but it, it tastes good. That memory. Yeah, you know, we always tell people you should try this since you love pizza, and everybody likes thinks I'm crazy. Squeeze a little lemon on your pizza. Okay, I'm hoping to. It, it's it's a, this crazy thing that people are like. Oh my God, how could you do that? I'm like, dude, it's lemon and cheese, man. Yeah. They go together. Right. But it's like this. I tell people before they have, they look at me like I have three heads. Like I said, I'm kind of a pizza snob. So mm-hmm. like, when you're Italian, you don't. We didn't. We didn't order Domino's. We didn't eat that stuff. Like, you usually did something you do. But yeah. But you have a babysitter, then it's different. You know, yeah. you might order or whatever. But you're like the equivalent of like a professional. So for a professional, you guys aren't supposed to like that type of stuff. You're right. supposed to have this highbrow taste. Right. But it's funny because Chang was like, "I don't give a fuck. I'm eating Domino's." Yeah. It's not exactly. It's not being like embarrassed. If it tastes good, it tastes good. Or it reminds you of when you were a kid or whatever. Exactly. Those food memories and being able to either, and I I do this a lot with our food. Either it's a food memory of mine that like if I make it, it reminds me of this certain time in my life. Making this with my grandmother, eating this with my mom. So to have people eat something that is super nostalgic to me is awesome but then on the other hand to have a guest or you yourself be like you just smell something and just boom I know you know exactly the point in time how old you were where you were in your life that's one of the most powerful things in the world it is which dish of yours did that for me neck bone neck bone gravy no I I mean yes but the, the one that really hit it the first time was the razor clams Really? My grandmother used to do razor clams. Well, because obviously out of mass, yeah, that's where that's where you get them from. There you go. Yeah. Yep. What did she do with them? Uh, breadcrumbs, lemon, yeah. you know, simple. Uh, parsley. Yeah. Wow. But, but you can't find them anywhere outside of New England, really. I mean, I haven't. I mean, now things have changed, and you can find food in different no, places. The razors are common. razors are East Coast. Well, then there's West Coast razor clams, which are totally different. They're larger. Yeah. And super delicious as well. But these. The East Coast ones are are the ones that you would find also uh, in Spain or in Italy. Like so, they're the same. I, they're one of the, the the best clams out there. Really, just the sweet. They have they have like a sweetness of like a scallop, touch of brininess. But the way easy to eat, easy to eat. A little bit of pain in the ass to clean. Yeah. Even if you per- uh, I brought them home before. Even and if you, I tried to make them. Even, I didn't even know if the you hell even if you persia them, you still have to cut out the the belly. Yeah. Because there's no way to get that dirt out. Yeah. Uh, but you know what you're getting, man. It's 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 worth it. It's really really worth it. So you got two kids, three kids, two two kids, two young kids. Yep. So you guys don't get to travel too much. No, we, traveling it goes up and down. You know what I'm saying? We 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 just took a trip to Florida by with my with my whole family with my, my girls. Um, I've been the past two months. I've been completely traveling to like I was it was all all my work travel was condensed into one funny to say that because we're, we're really trying to like we need to take time and we need to do this stuff we need to travel 
Um, as far as traveling with family, I have like a rule, and I don't know if anybody like. You mean extended family? No, like no, like my kids. Oh. I think it should be, the minimum, should be three years old. It's brutal, and I. They're not gonna. They're not gonna appreciate it. They're not enjoying anything. No, but even though like, the argument, so that is like, even though they might not remember it, the joy of seeing a two-year-old being excited, those are memories that I always have. Sure. But not sleeping and commanding, like it's just it's stressful on everybody. My wife ends up wanting to rip my head off. Uh, it's it's rough, rough so, stuff. People magazine, what sexiest chef or some shit? Like yeah, some I, list. Yeah, I'm gonna just spit out my, my water. Yeah, it's I, I had to do a little research before I came because you're the first guest I've had that I didn't know or did, wasn't a friend of a friend. I don't know anybody that knows you, or yeah, maybe right. I do, but I don't. I'm not right. aware of it. Right. Yeah, I had to do a little research because yeah. I don't know anything about you. So right. I dug up this this article about People magazine. When when was this? It's just winter. Oh, was this year? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So, I mean, so you beat out Chang and uh, Andres and uh, Vitaly. Are you yeah. proud of yourself? Oh, I'm. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, nah, I, I'm just do you know how much ball the the amount of the amount of ball busting my like my buddies that I you know I grew up with were like like hey yo know, hey Banos take your you know I can only imagine next time take you know. Look at the guy. Look at the guy at number. Next time, take your shirt off. Did they do a guy. photo shoot and everything? Uh, no. Did they no. post a picture? Yeah, they just posted a picture of, of okay. like from our website or something. Okay. But there was like some like dudes that had like no shirt on oh, and like Jesus. like next time you know make sure they get a, a, a picture. They probably. Of you put, I didn't even see the rest of the list. They put like Voltaggio on there or something. I don't even remember those guys. But it, you know it's it, uh, it's good. Hey, you know we'll take it. That's great. Hey, you know it's all good publicity. Good for you. I'm yeah. jealous. <laughs> So how do you decide where you're gonna eat when you travel? I mean, it could be here, same thing. Yeah. Um, do you use Eater? Do you use those food websites? I use all of the above. So okay. Yelp. Well, Yelp isn't to find where you want to eat. Yeah. Yelp is to. Yelp. I actually will look at Yelp, or obviously all chefs hate Yelp. We hate it. You know, for obvious reasons, but people are very vicious. But if I want to get a really good understanding of a visual, and like, all right, here's the menu. Here's the, I'm looking at their website. Here's their menu. I'll go to Yelp or TripAdvisor, and then I'll just do the food. And I, and I'll, all right, this, this is this uh, scallop dish, and it, right, I'm gonna find it on Yelp because I want to see what it looks like. Exactly. That's what we use it for. Yeah, I'm like, that's why I see exactly. We use Yelp once we get to the restaurant and say, all right, what are we about right. to eat? Right. But I don't so, use Yelp to choose my spots. I choose it just to see, like, all right, this looks good. But then Eater, I use Eater 38. Their I, list. Think it, I think it's, it's quite it's effective. Good. I think it's pretty good. I mean, clearly um, they have, like, allegiances yeah. to certain places and whatnot. Yeah. But most of the recommendations I've got from Eater have been hits yeah. more than misses. I mean, just Googling, like, just lists. Uh, Zagat, freaking, no, I just, I do my, or or stuff I already know. I'm sure you, you know it's a lot. Bo- you know what I'm saying? Other stuff you already really know. And then wherever I get to whether it's a town i've been to or i've been to a hundred times i'm always getting the information from my server or bar to always i want like give me the goods where where should we go and they we, we usually never get pointed in the wrong direction have you eaten at any of the so-called top 50 restaurants in the world or any of those type of places i've eaten at a couple of them oh yeah um i mean i ate at 11 madison park yep um, new york yep i ate at alinea yep. um the French Laundry was on there. I yep, think they yep, were yep. on it before. I haven't. So, is Alinea overrated? Properly rated? Underrated? 
it's so subjective. I don't even know how to how, the the whole rating thing. I don't even get it. Right. It just. I, I mean, whatever. I. I Did have, you enjoy your experience? Yeah. I guess yeah. Of course. I have the most respect for guys like Grant, like Grant, who completely made up something. I, I, I'm always drawn to people who are completely outside of the box thinkers, innovative. This is an industry where everybody just freaking copycats it all day. Right. Oh, ta- tacos this is are what pro- makes ta- money. tacos are popular. Or five more taquerias are opening up, and taco tequila joints, and then six. How many more blessed burger joints do we need? How many? You know, right. it's like do something that's different. Beat to your own drum. That guy beats to his own drum. Absolutely. So I'm completely in admiration and respect for that. Doing what is inside of you and doing what you're super passionate about, and let that come, you know create your own language per se. That's really what I try to do, and really just not follow, like we're in a totally different. But I think one thing when people come here, they're just like I don't, I've never, I can't compare this to anything. Right. And that's the point. And whatever you do from that point on, we want to have a, a restaurant group that's got 30 restaurants, and this is our, we have to have a new American place, we have to have a taqueria, I have to have a noodle shop. That's just greed. You have to go based on what what you're passionate about. And what then, strengths are. if I have one, so one of my uh, sous chefs, Kevin, he's been there for six years, he's like engulfed with Spain. Obsessed, obsessed. It's hard to argue with that food. It's not, and, and, and there is not, there's not a lot to choose from in Chicago. Obsessed. So I'm like, okay, you know, because I'm laying on the groundwork, and this is, you know, in the near, very near future, you're gonna, you're gonna be running your own spot. You're gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna be a partner, and we need to do something that you are, eat, breathe. That this is inside. This is part of you. Not just some made-up thing because you, it's just time to do it. I gave him a whole bunch of like historic Spanish books, like start from the start. And obviously, you need to go to the source. You need to Work go to your Spain. Way up to El Bulli right, but like Fernand, really like Fernand, understand yeah. regionalities of Spain, like the traditions going back hundreds and hundreds of years. You know, I'm giving him a groundwork to just start messing around, and he's he's killing killing it. And when we do it, it's going to be something that's uncomparable. We know that. Everything we do, there will not be a point that you can be like, well, this reminds me of this place. Just not how we do things. I think it's it's hard to be it's hard to try to do something original, but it's it, it, it pays off dividends in the long run, man. There's so much competition out there. If you don't do anything to separate yourself from the rest of the pack, it's really tough to make it. <laughs> Another it's, reason why I've never tried. It's so it's so hard, man. Speaking of Vitaly something that reminded me of his background and I think maybe why you guys kind of meshed so well is his family background in the restaurant business. Yeah, the Salumi. Have you ever been to Salumi? No. I've never been to Seattle. Dude, I want to... Probably the best sandwich I've ever had in my life. I believe it. It is unbelievable. So, yeah, just when I was reading about your background with your grandparents and Mm -hmm. growing up in the kitchen, it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, I mean, no. I understand why you guys... That place is... I mean, I would love to go there. It's on my... I rode a bike there, got there at 10 a.m. and waited in line. They're only open like three days a week for like two hours. They're open like six hours yeah, a week. Then right, yeah. And they crush it. Yeah. It's, I love that. I love Gra- those His stories. grandmother still sits in the window making gnocchis. Really? Yeah. One yeah, day could, a week she does that. That is... Yeah, she's famous. Yeah, she's famous for those. But there's... There's that whole miscon... Like, 
I love that story. Like we're open three days a week and this and that. Like and those these are the things that like I'm trying to create. You want to have longevity in this game. You don't want to burn out in ten years. You know we're open seven days a week. Rain or shine, lunch and dinner, and like since we've opened, I've pulled back the hours of operation. We close earlier now. In the future, I'll probably close between lunch and dinner here. If I can, I'll close a day here. Because, again, it's about longevity. And somebody who I truly... Quality of life. Quality of life. And all your people being happy and feeling like they're, 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 continue, they're in a great spot. And then that's how you continue to keep it growing. I mean, somebody I really admire that, that did it right, I think, is, is Rick Bayless. They've been closed Sunday, Monday since the, since the beginning. Which which spot? All of them. Oh, okay. I don't think Lenya Brava is, but like Frontera, Tobo, you know, and it allowed. I think it allowed him to do those. Of get into this salsa business, which he just sold for a good billion dollars. Yeah, I've seen it's like to having that kind of like like my dad being like that Greek mentality. Open, 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 open. Don't ever close. But then you're so engulfed in your business you can't grow your it's like getting away I'm, and I'm, I'm, it's working getting him away from that mentality a little bit in order to spread your wings you got you can't you can't be open 24 hours a day right because then you're always worried about things messing up there you know you need time to um, you need time exploit your you need creativity time. and whatnot whether it's through books or yeah I have movies or research Netflix is one of my favorite things to do yeah thousands of cookbooks so your dad was friends with or is friends with emerald mm-hmm. kind of influenced or i don't yep. know if they are they age they or. met yeah they're pretty much the same age almost exactly um massachusetts guy yeah fall river right yep. yep my dad became friends with emerald like in the late like 80s introduced through paul Prudhomme. Oh, okay. So the the story, which is really an interesting story, because you wouldn't think of anybody doing this today, but my dad, like, just cold called Chef Prudhomme and was like, "Hey, you know, hey, Chef, you know, he was in his kitchen here, and my dad had at the time started really taking a, an interest in New Orleans style food and flavors, and he was making a couple of things here and there and like giving it to to his guests, and people were going crazy for it." So he called him and be like, hey, I, you know, I, chef, I, I think I got something going on here, like something pretty special. Like, you know, I, can I, you know, can I fly out? You know, I would like to maybe come out there. And Paul's like, come on down. Like, you know, Southern hospitality at its yeah, finest, yeah. you know. And chef introduced him to everybody. Everybody. All the so main that's spots. That's how he met Emerald, though. Yeah. Because Emerald was at Commander's Palace back then. That's how he introduced Emerald. Frank Brightson, all these guys who were like Frank Brightson was a chef at Cape Hall's then, which is Paul Prudhomme's restaurant. Yeah, um, and built those relationships from from then on out. It's a truly, I mean, can you imagine anybody today, like from a, with a cold call, be like, they don't have time for that. Get that fuck out of here. Leave me alone. Right. Exactly. <laughs> leave me, leave me alone. So I used so, to work at this pizza place back at home, and the guy who was he's a he's a chef in the in the Boston area, mm-hmm. and he used to help help out of the pizza joint because his friend owned the place yeah so he used to he came up with emerald and he used to tell emerald stories and whatnot so he says that emerald stole his whole shtick 
and that was his thing. Which which one? Which like boom, bam, or whatever, bam, 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 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I used to say, poof, or pow, or, you know, <laughs> and he stole it from me. Yeah, yeah. So he used to have this uh, this local access TV show called Seduction on a Plate with Georgie D. Okay. That was the guy that I knew, Georgie okay. D. And Georgie D, his whole claim was like, Emerald, Emerald stole what hey, I was going to do. If, if it worked, it worked, oh, right? hilarious. <laughs> Georgie D was a character. Who's your favorite, um, what, what are your favorite spots in Boston? So I love what like Ken Oranger yep. and Jamie Bissonette are doing. Good guys. Like Toro. Yep. Um, then over in the North End, you got Brico. Uh, it's, you know, the North End is there. Oh, of Italy. course in the North okay. End. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. how you know yeah, Boston. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. North End's great. Yeah. Uni. Uh, yep. Ken Orange's spot. Uh, One of the best little Italy's in the country. Yeah, it is. If not the best, it's actually. Very solid stuff over yeah. there. And then you got a couple old school pizzeria joints. I think Barbara Lynch might be. She's. Yes, yes. That's she's, another one. She's tremendous. Absolutely. She, and she's tremendous. Really. Boston's really, past 10 years, like, yeah. exploded with restaurants and food. It's, it's exciting. You got a spot there that you like to go? I haven't, <laughs> I haven't, been, I haven't been there in Oh, you went to uh, Johnson & Wales in Rhode Island? Yes, sir. Yep, I went back for the first. I went for the first time in uh, ten years. You went this went summer. back. I was there in January. Okay. I got um, invited to go back. I was a they called a DVC chef, or distinguished visiting chef. Nice. Well, it's like they do a couple a year, and like the wall, of, like all these like legendary chefs the past like forty years they've had. Do, do these who are some of the, the the big names that we would know I mean I know a ton of people went there I mean can you think of any well, of that? They, that they don't all they don't have to have gone there oh okay to Barbara Lynch was there yeah she, she, was, she was one of them I mean it's like Paul Bocuse and yeah. like like legends going back Paul I mean Emerald obviously uh, like really 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 great list to be a part of um, so I, I had not been back in a decade to Providence that was pretty cool. It's time for the Keeping It a Hundo segment of the show. I give you basically some, some questions. The point of my show is you got to keep it a hundo. You got to be keep it real with me. Keep it real. <laughs> so your motto at Purple Pig is cheese, swine, and wine. You got the hat on right now. Yes, sir. You got to give up one of them for life. You can have one of those once a year. And you can have one of them on the regular. Cheese, swine, give, or wine. Give up one of them for life. Never have it again. One of them you can have once a year, and one of them you can keep on the regular. Well, for your own consumption. Yes. So, cheese is non-negotiable. I can't get rid of that at all. So that's with me all the time. Okay. That's okay. I'll give up pork. Really? I'll do it. Okay. I'll do it. There's substitutes. Yeah. There's plenty of substitutes. Cheese, nope. Um, and I'll do the I'll take. We'll do wine once wine a year. Wine once a year. <laughs> all right. I'm a cheese all. I mean, dude, it's yeah. I eat a lot of dude, cheese. Dude, literally, just when I came back here, one of my guys was breaking down a, a wheel of parm. And I'm just like, dude, get this shit away from me, man. <laughs> like I have like uh, I just cr- chunks of it. Yeah. What's your favorite dish at the Purple Pig? Favorite dish is. Pork neck gravy you mentioned earlier. It's a good one. It's a, it's a great one. And again, that's nostalgic because of my grandmother. Yep. But my favorite dish, because it has stood the test of time, yep. and it made us, what big reason that made us as popular as we are, is our fried pig's ears with the pickled cherry peppers, yep. fried kale, and fried egg. That, because especially back then, it was such a you know risky dish. Right. 
you'd have, you'd have pig's ears. And at the time when I'd done research, people were doing ear dishes with pig's ears more as like a garnish. Right. I'm like, we're gonna do this shit. It's gotta be front and center, pig's ears of the star. Let's do it. And that was the one that my other partners were so like, like dude, like so like scared of. I, I live in Miami as well as Chicago. Yeah. And this. There's two places in Miami that have really good pigs is Michael's. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Michael Schwartz. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a great, great guy. Yeah. Great guy. But that's that's the one. That's the one because it's still a top three seller as well. So that's the, that's the one. My go-to here because I can eat it so often is the calamari salad. It's just so refreshing yeah. and light. Like I can grab it for lunch real quick. That's one. That's that's one out of like ten dishes that I cannot take off. Otherwise, people would they would be freak out. Greece or Italy. <laughs> All right. Just half Greek, half Italian. You know, I... Um, you bend to both? Bend to both. And, you know, I, you can't choose one, but if I have to, because we're being real, I'm going to have to choose Italy. All right. <laughs> I mean, I would, yeah, but know, it's close. Well, it's just... It's close. I, I, you know, it's and, so similar. And for anyway. re- they are, but it's just a, more of a connection food. I... That's... You know, my, my main, like, inspiration to really knowing what kind of food I wanted to go into cooking was Batali. Like, so I was cooking in only Italian kitchens. Living in Italy, being more, way more fascinated with the Italian language. Where'd you live over there? I was in, uh, I was in a small, two small towns outside of Rome, Guarcino, and then Frozenone is a bigger town, but that's, like, not Americanized at all. Yeah. And then I was in Florence. Okay. And then most of my friends growing up, we we're all in my neighborhood. We we're all they're all Italian, yeah. so either Italian or Irish. Yeah. So like, it just wasn't what it, was it is. <laughs> Got it. Raki, Uzo, Metaxa, or Sipido. I'm gonna go with the the, the Sipido. Yeah. Yeah. So I was over there for a few weeks with my Greek friends and yeah. his family, and I mean, we were drinking that stuff, all of those every day, and yeah. I kind of had to choose which one was my go-to. Yeah, which one was it? More, I'm a brown liquor guy, so I'm a little more Metaxa, although I did consume more Cipro over there. Yeah, I, 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 I love it. I didn't know what it was. Metaxa is fan- about Rocky. Yeah, Metaxa is fantastic. And we have here some bottles that you can't eat. Like, they're so, like, the high-end Metaxas yeah. that you can't even get allocated here. You should try it later, dude. It's like butter. I think it's my good. girlfriend's coming to meet me here for dinner good, tonight. Good. So maybe we'll give it a try. Good, no, for sure. Like, unbelievable. Uh, you're across the street from Michael Jordan's Steakhouse. Has MJ yes. ever eaten here? No. You've never seen him in no. here? No. I don't, you know, I don't. I can't see him coming no, in here. No, you can't go. This is not the. Too crowded. Too wide open. People would, he would be mobbed. We do get a lot of celebrities in here. And positive way, this is a great place for even, even though it's so out in the open, nobody bothers anybody, which is great. I really don't, I don't want them to have to be bothered, Close you know? And I don't barely even bother them. I say hello. You know, and if they, a lot of times we have a lot of return guests. Who are some of your favorites that came in, or just people that recently you know, you admired or whatnot? This year, because it's been like there's just so many. Um, we get the, we get um, a lot of the cast from Chicago PD, like a lot of cast from Chicago Fire. Eric LaSalle from uh, ER yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Coming to America. Yep. <laughs> he comes in all Randy the time. Randy Watson, yeah. Soul Glow. Yes. Yeah. So he comes in all the time and like. Did he leave the, the mark? I, I, I wish, right? <laughs> uh, two days ago, Joe Madden just came in from the Cubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know he's Italian? They changed his name. Really? His name was like Medini or something. Really? Yeah, one of those. And he said his wife was Greek too. Really? 
which was, and I, w- I wasn't here that day, but that, would, that was really cool. Yeah. Like, a lot of sports guys like Ronick, Jeremy Ronick's a good personal friend of mine now because he's been coming in forever. Mila Kunis, like, really, like, t- just a random Kelsey Grammer when they were doing their show here. He was the mayor of the yeah uh, the boss yeah. or some boss something uh. yeah yeah it's good I think next place if next place we have it's if it's more of a, if there's a private area I'll I'll have to get more for sure. What's your favorite Biggie Smalls song? Speaking of Piggy Smalls, my favorite um, that would have to be that's easy man. Uh, what's a, a juicy? Yeah yeah. <laughs> I used to reword on magazine. Yeah. yeah top five rappers of all time. Oh man, top you're, five. You're close to Modi, 35? I'm 33. Yeah. 33. Yeah, okay. so and it has to be like in order. No, no, no. Any order. Dead or alive. Okay. Um, Tupac, Biggie, Eminem, T.I., and I think for, for uh, total nostalgic reasons, I got to throw, throw a Diddy in there, man. Just because when he was popular, but I mean, you know, what I'm just more of like a '90s thing. Yeah, yeah. Like we used to love, like just his whole influence with Bad Boy. Yeah, and the whole thing. That, yeah. I don't have to go. I'll have to go there. <laughs> you threw in uh, Ti and Diddy have not appeared on anybody's list, but the rest of them have appeared on a few lists. Biggie and Tupac are on everybody's yeah. list. Yeah. Favorite athletes when you were a kid. Number one, Michael Jordan. Yep. Uh, Walter Payton. I went to college with his son. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? Good kid, yeah. Yeah, Miami. He's yeah. A, yeah, exactly. I went to the U. Yeah. Um, he's a radio guy in yeah. Chicago now, yeah. He's nice, really nice. Yeah. Um, Joe Montana. He used to be a big Montana fan. And then local, I mean, Mark Grace is my favorite baseball player. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, that's I'm looking for the local pro. Local, like yeah, yeah. Mark Grace is my favorite favorite baseball player of all time. Um, and Peyton, Peyton I, I get more drunk, so... Jordan is like the easy answer. Yeah, everybody in Chicago, it's Jordan, and then everybody. But else. like, and this isn't about basketball anymore because I don't even I don't even follow that much anymore. Even though NBA is actually, I think it's at a whole other level it's at a of great, excitement. Great place right now. Like they have stars everywhere. They're probably gonna take over the NFL for sure because of the whole concussion right now? thing and all that. Absolutely, that is without without a doubt. They it's have in that direction. They have enough star power. Exactly. But Jordan. It's not even about basketball. It's about it, it, I'm. He has such an influence on on me. His competitive he's, spirit, he's got, dude. There's nobody that's have that you could, that could translate to any industry. That killer instinct of it with life, like I think, is one of the most motivating and fascinating things I've ever seen. And I think it, it's it's so inspiring. But that's why it's, it's always, always number one. I watch old tapes, not even, not like, like videos of him playing. It's like interviews. Right. One of the most magical human beings that exists, as far, as far as being inspired in any job that you do. So I've never met the guy. I have friends that have played for his teams that he owns. They're just like, man, it's disappointing once you really meet him, because he's just not like he's such a god and like, yeah. you know what I mean. And once you meet him, they're kind of like, hey, he's a regular guy. Yeah, you know? he's a normal like, guy. You know, it's, just, it's, it's all, it's, which I which I guess I get. You know, he's not going to put on a show for him. Right, but, right. But it's really just about how he was with basketball, that how you can translate that to, like, everything you do. Yeah. You know, so. Favorite food city outside of Chicago? Outside, in of, the US. outside of Chicago. Still in New York, man. Yeah. New York City. So many options. Yeah. yeah. And favorite food city outside the U.S.? 
Well, I haven't really. You see, unfortunately, Europe. I still have to. I have still so many places I got to go. It's limited. A little bit limited. I mean, Italy and Greece. It's the only place I've been to in Europe. But okay. That will change based on my time. But well, I'm gonna go with Rome. Yeah. Rome, or even I mean, my last really good meals on my honeymoon, I was uh, the Amalfi Coast. Man, was just my favorite place in the world. Where, where did you go? Pastana. Yeah. But I had, we found some like went to some really, really, really great places. Could have been the same spots. I've, I've been a few times to Positano, and it's my favorite Ma- place. Magic, magic I, have, place. I have so many stories about it. <laughs> I don't even want to get started. Uh, favorite pizza place in Chicago? For like a simple, like old school, like thin crust pizza. Yeah. Which are Armand's, and, and it's a chain now. But Armand's, back in the day, used to be. As I mentioned Elmwood Park, which was where Johnny's was, but it's in that neighborhood. One spot, okay? Armand's. Armand's. A-R-M-A-N-D-D. That's okay. They In the past 10 years, they've branched off and opened up Where can I ones. get it around here? I don't think there's any downtown. They're in the suburbs. Yeah. Okay. There might be one downtown. I don't okay. even know. One of my favorite pizzas is they do, like, just basic, like, thin crust with um, cheese and uh, spicy jardiner in, in the... Dude, it's my favorite pizza. Yep, I've had that before. Not there, but yeah, my, it's my it's my favorite one. I like it. Favorite sushi spot? Don't have one. No. Honestly, I I mean, none of them stand out to you. I, well, I haven't. And this it comes with the job. You don't I, eat out I love sushi. I haven't eaten at a sushi joint in Chicago in over ten years. So I can't even answer that question. What? Yeah, there's plenty to choose from. That's crazy. It doesn't help either that my wife doesn't like sushi, but okay. I, I, I I love it. But an answer like that is very interesting. Yeah. Like like my I have more experience with, with New York, like Blue Ribbon Sushi. Yep. Like, they actually opened one in Miami. I've been to the one in Miami. Yeah. And I've been to the one in New York. Great. They do a great job. Yeah. And of course, very good. you can find great sushi in New York, every everywhere. It's actually yeah. it's insanity. Yeah. I went to um, uh, what's his name? That that that. It's like the most expensive restaurant in the country. I didn't go to that spot. I went to his other spot in New York. It's you know that Time Warner building? It's at uh, Columbus Circle. Yeah. yeah um, What's that guy's name? Masa. Masa. Not Masa. I went, he has a new spot called Tetsu. It's like a meat place? Yeah, it's Robata and that yeah. stuff. Yeah, How was it? It's really good. You know, yeah. overpriced. I, I heard they got mixed, little mixed reviews, yeah, right? Yeah, it was good. I liked it. But well, uh, Masa's like 800 bucks a person, yeah, right? Yeah, it's insane. Come on. It can't be. I mean, how can it be worth that? I no. What's going on in New York right now as far as the cost of going out to eat a decent meal? I've never, I don't even know what to say anymore. Like, we were, I was just there because I did a, it was for work. And, you know, we went to uh, Mario uh, Carbone and Teresa's yeah, place, yeah. Uh, The Grill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's that's a new spot in the in one of the hotels, right? Yeah. Or yeah, it's, it's, can I do the hotel? I don't. I, don't I heard about yeah. it. It's on uh, yeah. Ugly Delicious. Yeah, they have an episode. It was almost like a seven hundred dollar lunch. Yeah. Did you have the uni pasta? Uh, that's one of my favorite dishes. In not the world. there, no. Okay, I saw it on the Ugly Delicious. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, it was great, great experience, but oh I mean, my god, you just wouldn't expect to pay that. Oh my god. Like, you got to be kidding me, man. That's a lot. Of, for some reason, they had on their list of classic cocktails, I believe. I got a Gibson Martini. Yeah. Best best Martini I've probably had in the past few years. Like, as simple as a drink as that is, over 20 bucks a Martini. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, dude. Even if something is that expensive, 
the room was great. Our server was, you know, a guy from Brooklyn, but he was still had the whole like tuxedo thing out. But he was just a, you know, you can relate to him. It was just a good lunch. It was a good experience, you know. So one of my favorite places, maybe my favorite place in New York, is one of his other spots, ZZ's Clam Bar. Didn't, I've never been there. Unbelievable. Yeah. I've probably been three or four times. It's yeah. expensive. Yeah. But great raw seafood. Did you go to uh, Carbone? The, is the regular one? Yeah. 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 Yep. Good. Solid. You know. Yeah. Never. Uh, I went to Santina, like a, that Sicilian-inspired place he has. Santina? Yeah. I don't know that one. It's in the meatpacking district. Okay. Um, I used to work with him with Mario at when he was at he was at Del Posto I was starting out yeah, there. Yeah, you were there yeah we were there at the same time when he was he was like a, 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 a line cook but like being prepped for sous chef and I was just a, a punk ass kid <laughs> <laughs> fucking peeling potatoes that's great but I always remember him specifically because he was always he was always a really nice guy you know yeah even back then and then you back then you even then, which was 13 years ago, four, I knew he was. I'm like that guy's gonna be good. Yeah, he just knew. He knew he was gonna do something. Yeah, he just he had something different, you know. Have you ever been arrested? Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. We have something in common. <laughs> <laughs> Anything yeah. good? Uh, actually, it's in your neck. Well, kind of your neck of the woods. I was in. Uh, in I was college. in Providence. Yeah, yeah. Um, a fight. I somebody was talking to my sister the wrong way and I punched him slapped him around a few times and I got got through but the thing I remember I was laughing because I'm like the the Providence cops are on like another level of just different you know like I'm like I'm like you mother I'm like dude if I I was at home right now they would have like give me a air go good good, nice punch kid go home right you guys are you guys are putting me in jail overnight over over a fight I'm like, are you kidding me right now? But I think <laughs> I think it's, and I learned this when I was in college, because I was getting in trouble in college. They look at college kids a little different, because they look at us like, oh, you're the privilege. Because these guys didn't yeah. go to right. Johnson and Wales mm-hmm. and University of Miami, you know? They're cops. They were looking, yeah. You know? I, I was like, I'm in the backseat of a car right now. I'm like, this is a joke. But that and uh, one more time, too. But nothing crazy. Okay. Nothing crazy. All right. You're a junior, Jimmy Banos Jr. Yeah. Who's your favorite junior of all time? A lot of juniors out there. There are. Ooh, man. I think I think the... And I'll probably even think of some more. Yeah, yeah. But right off the... I think the most impressive junior there is is Cal Ripken Jr. It's, that's that's the first one I thought of when I wrote this. He's, like, I, I wouldn't have maybe said that, but yeah. that's the first one that came he's to mind the, when I wrote that question. Best. <laughs> I mean... Who, I mean, you get Ken Guru Jr., obviously, and, like, uh, Ken Norton Jr., football, you know. Sammy Davis. Sammy Davis Jr., the you know. But freaking Cal Ripken. I like that's, That record will never be broken. Nah, that's not <laughs> happening. Not in this day and age. No. No way. Yeah, if you were invited to the White House to cook for Trump, would you go? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, I would go. Okay. I don't care who's in office, whether you agree with somebody or not. It's an honor to do it. Do it. You still respect the, and that, the office and, that, and whatnot. That's it. Simple, simple as that. Yeah. And if anybody disagrees with me, they can go kiss off. It's <laughs> honestly, it's you get you know, people. You, if you didn't like Obama, what, what big deal? It's a, it's an honor to be asked to cook in the White House. Period. So what would you be doing if you weren't a chef? 
You've been doing this since you were five years old. Yeah. I have a knack for getting people to do more than they think they can do and pushing people to to just like really motivating and inspiring. At one point, at one point, I, I, there was a small point in my, like I was young in high school where I was like, you know, I think I'm, maybe I'm not going to cook. Maybe I'll try to get in like coaching, like basketball or something like that. And like, I think that would have been really a lot of fun. Maybe some type of FBI or like CIA or some shit, man. That would be like, I really respect that job and people who put their lives on the line to like protect to protect our people country. don't even know people don't even know yeah. they put everything on the line every day for for us I think it's yes. really an, such an admirable thing and I, I would I think that'd be a, a, be a pretty good gig hard gig so we mentioned Batali and we mentioned Emeril Lagasse yes who you got in a steel cage match Lagasse versus Batali <laughs> You know, Batali's got the weight on him. Yeah. You know, but I feel like Lagasse's got the I, endurance. I, I'm, I'm gonna go with Emerald, man. I think Emerald. He's got a little. He's got a little more fire to him. He's he's got these Fall River boy. He's got the yeah. toughness. He's got you know. He's, I, I think. I, I think I, Mario's a, a Pacific Northwest guy. Yeah. You know, I I, don't, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Emerald on that one. Good call. <laughs> Any chefs? that you haven't met that you would like to meet? Anybody come to mind? Anybody that inspires you or whatnot? I have a, a new in, like infatuation with some old school heroes, legends, that like I've been like really studying and reading about, like uh, like French, you know, Freddy Girardet, like that guy's 68 years old, or 65, and he's still changing the freaking game. I'll probably never meet him because he's in France, but like, I have like five of his books and I like read them like it's like a Bible, you know, like Michel Girard or all these guys that are, are you know, that I'm, it's not going to be easy to ever meet them, Yeah, are really just pioneers. And I, I think an obvious answer would be, now would be like um, Ferran Adria. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I would have said that like two, like a year or two ago, but as I, I've mentioned before that I really... I'm like an addict when it comes to research. I have books, bam, books, bam, books, bam, books. And I'm in the process right now of literally reading every single thing that this man has ever written. He's one of the most, if not the most amazing minds that's ever graced the culinary world. And that, and that to, 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 to have enough balls back then to think that far outside of the box and do it, do what, again, created his own language. There isn't very many things you read and just like, how the hell did he think of, like, it just, it's that constant, like the olive, the spherical yeah. olive, like, it's so basic. Well, he, like, he, I've seen him in, in interviews, it's like, it's not about teaming, you know, like, oh, science, he's like, and I, it, was, it was a quote. He's like, we asked the experts. They were curious about something. They asked the experts in those, in those fields of, like, using those, you know, agar agar, for example. Like, oh, like, oh, oh yeah. you're so scientific. Like, it's like, but they've been using that in Japan for fucking forever. Yeah. We just found how to use it. So it's those types of, I, I just, 
when you have such a like fascinating mind, I'm so drawn to that stuff. You know, what it, what exactly is agar? It's like something you add to food, like to make it taste good. Yeah, it's a, a it's a it's a thickener, but it, it's it's a derivative from like from like seaweed. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's a stabilizer, or they call it like a hydrocolloid. So these are things that you're gonna use to thicken. That isn't you know old school methods would be flour or flour butter, you know, right, stuff, right. corn starch. This is just another way of, okay. of, of thickening something. I hear chefs say it, but I, I don't really know what it is. It's a whole other world. Okay, but it's fun. Place you would love to eat, like a bucket list place that you have never eaten at that you would love to eat at. I'm gonna go with. Let's just say this. Let's just say the whole freaking country of Spain. I, I'm dying. Like, there's so much cool stuff that going on there, and it's such on my. It adds a buck. The whole the Barcelona, Madrid, that's. It's like. There. So I've done my Barcelona and Madrid. Got to get up to San Sebastian. Mm-hmm. The, the stuff that's, I've seen. That'd be number one. That. I mean, just innovation on a whole. Like, just they put thinking outside the box on a whole other level i actually look at if i'm going to compare never never going to spain but i look at i look at chicago if you're going to like compare because chicago right now you know best culinary destination in the country all these you know great accolades for our, our, our city i look at chicago like like what would be like san sebastian and like spain i mean even though they're on a whole other different plan like just even they've been doing it for a long time but yeah, yeah. i think people and the, our clientele in Chicago is way more open to thinking outside the box than, than anywhere else in the country. You have a lot more creative freedom in Chicago. Like Alinea, I don't think New Yorkers, I don't like, look at look at Wiley Dufresne and WD, WD50. Right. The guy's a fucking genius. Yeah. He's a genius. genius. It, it, it didn't sustain. Obviously, there's other reasons rent and the cost of everything. I think he's a little. A little beyond, like his thinking is almost too far. But I think if he was in Chicago, I think he'd still be open. I think so. Chicago is, and I'll go back to New York. Like you can, there's a hundred phenomenal Italian restaurants. There's fifty. There's great focused Spanish restaurants. There's great French. Chicago is extremely cultured as well. There's everything to choose from. Sure. But like our most popular places are what we would consider like new American. Yeah. Like just like a mixture of all these different yeah. things, and you don't even know what to call it. Yeah, you know. Uh, I've been to Aviary and Royster. I've never been to Alinea, but just the experience itself at Aviary is just—it's it's, like, what the hell is it's, going it's on It's right different, now. And, right. I, and for some reason, this city takes to, which is great. Yeah. and being what's better than what's better than being a chef and being able to really express yourself the best you can creatively. But I also do think that there should be more. Like, which is what the direction we want to go into is being more cuisine focused. Like the purple pig is general. Like our next spot, we want to do Spain. Then I want to do something Italian. And then I'm going to be doing something. I want to do something Greek. You know what I'm saying? To really be that specific cuisine focused with our own twist. Last question. I ask everybody, what's your death row meal? Woo. Okay. Death row meal would be a pot of neck bones, meatballs, Sunday Sunday freaking gravy, 
and big freaking bowl of pasta. And how we we do it at our at, with our family, we take the we like here it's together, but we eat it separate. So you have all the pile of meat, or the, or if we do brajol, whatever. And then we brajol. Yeah, I have it here on the menu now. Really? Oh yeah. I might have it tonight. Yeah, it's dude. It's, I haven't had it since my grandmother it, passed away because yeah, nobody makes it. It, it might. We might because I was off yesterday. We might. I hope. No, we're not out of it. We have it tonight. Good because it's really popular. And I specifically put on the menu just grandma's grandma's brajol. It's you know a talking how point. Rare it is. It's I was very in rare. Italy and they didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Yeah, it's because region. Everything's regional. Just like you know. The only place you're going to see brajol in Italy is Sicily or like Naples. Right. That's it. Um, and I was in I was in uh, Firenze, Florence area, and they were they thought I was nuts. They were like, what are you talking no. about? They were like in Voltini. They thought I was talking about like wrapped and, up right. eggplant. Just close, you know. They don't know. Well, that's the fascinating thing about Italy, man. I mean, it's only been in a, a country since 1861. So, you, I mean, it's a, it's a country that's half the size of Texas, but it has 22 regions. Right. And each region, again, before they became a country, each region essentially was its own country. Yeah. So, they are completely in their ways and in their cult. You know, it's like you go to Milan, this is what they eat. You go up to, yeah, you go in, 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 in Florence and Tuscany, like that's, they don't, you, they don't know what, what's going they're, on. They're eating steaks up in Tuscany and Right, or up north is more, yeah, oh, yeah, way up north, but it's more beef focused and They couldn't afford corn, that down south. Corn and, and, and polenta. Yeah. It's, it's just based on what, I think it's quite fascinating, actually. Really fascinating. So what are you having to drink with it? The right answer would be wine, but right. we're talking... I mean, I would have the dirtiest of dirty kettle martinis on the rocks with, like, extra blue cheese, olives, and pickled <laughs> onions. And that that's that's my that's my go-to. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you doing this. Uh, Thank like you. Like I said, I was excited to have a chef on. Uh, I, I, I appreciate it. I'm happy to be the first... Or if not, one of the first chefs. <laughs> I mean, especially found up at the Riddick Bowl, man. That's like... Exactly. Legend, legend. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm part of a great company. So thank you. Thanks for listening to episode 15 with Jimmy Banos Jr. I know you're hungry after hearing that. Right when we finished recording, me and my girlfriend Marissa had dinner at the Purple Pig. And it definitely didn't disappoint. I got to try Jimmy's new dish, uh, Grandma's Brajol. I hadn't had Brajol in like six years since my grandma passed away. And it definitely hit the spot. Also, I had some razor clams and sipped on some this special bottle of Metaxa. Um, his sommelier came out, gave me the whole spiel about how they bought it uh, on online at some auction. They don't have this anywhere in the U.S. Uh, some real exclusive Greek shit. My primos Yanni, the handyman, and Porno Pete would really appreciate. So thank you, Jimmy Banos, for everything. It was a pleasure getting to know you. Can't wait to check out Piggy Smalls when it opens in June. Next week, we have a special Mother's Day podcast coming up. I'll be in L.A. for my girlfriend's game. Playing L.A., we're going to beat that ass again. And speaking of beating that ass, the Celtics took care of the Sixers pretty easy. And I continue to tell people, don't sleep on the Celtics. The LeBrons have their hands full 
with the Celtics. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to guarantee victory, but I'm guaranteeing that this guy's in trouble. Can't wait to see what Brad Stevens has planned to attack the LeBrons. Before we go, I'd like to thank a few people, those of you who continue to support Keeping It a Hundo. Thank you for sharing on social media. My girlfriend Marissa and her friend Leah Fire, Slick Rick in Brickle, Mike in Americo Shuko, Mock Millie, Anthony G from the Naughty North Shore, and a special thanks to my boy Raja for having me on his podcast last week, Off the Bench with Canel and Bell. I got to meet Danny Canell and Debo. Great guys, and it was a pleasure doing the show. So good, look, good looking out, everybody. I really do appreciate you. Have a great week, and make sure you keep it a hundo. Remember rapping Duke, the hard, the hard. You never thought that hip-hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight because I rhyme tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kick Capri. Funk, Master Flex, Love Bug, Star Ski. I'm blowing up like you thought I would. Call a crib, same number, same hood. It's all good. Uh. And if you don't...